0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged,
1: and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. There are two good friends, Archie and Jack, and they had debated their whole life as to whether Jesus was white or he was black. Archie was certain that he was white, and Jack was just as sure that he was black. Well, it just so happened as fate would have it that they both died on the exact same day. And they were shocked and surprised. They found each other at the pearly gates, and then they saw Peter, and in their course of their conversation with Peter, they said, Peter, would you please clarify this for us? We've been arguing our whole lives. Is Jesus white or is he black? About that time, Jesus walked by and said, Buenos dias. That's one of my favorite jokes. I've told it before. You're gonna hear it again if you stick around. Hey, today's an important day. Today is day 14 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, we did start our new Sunday times. Doesn't affect the 10 a.m. as much, but 8, 10, and 12. Although we do have some Saturday night people that might be joining us at 10. In fact, if you normally attend Saturday nights and you're you're here at 10 o'clock, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Right. Wow, look at all these. Hey, if you see somebody with their hand raised, you better be nice to them, all right, okay? They've made the change. God bless you guys. We also added children's ministry at 8 a.m. We moved junior high to 10 a.m., so junior high is going on right now, and then high school is at our noon service, and we're celebrating our church's 19-year anniversary. 19 years. Amazing. I remember it was, I think it was the the week before we officially launched, we did like a a practice service, and I was with my dad driving, I don't don't know where where my mom was, she must have been behind us, but I'm driving my dad, we're driving from San Dimas, and my dad looks at me, and he was kind of kidding, but he was also serious, he says, well, hope somebody shows up today, and uh, look what the Lord has done, so, and today is also Vision Sunday, it's also Vision Sunday, so I want to share what the Lord has placed in our hearts, and and, uh, and I pray that this vision would become our vision. It would become your vision. In fact, uh, I really want to encourage you to take notes or at least have notes in front of you today. So if you don't have those, raise your hand real quick and we'll get those to you. Uh, keep your hand up. Bible says in Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, write the vision, make it plain that those who uh, hear it may run with it. And so that's what we've tried to do uh, this morning for you. Um, I want to explain... Uh, Well, let me let me say this Um, Our our, my message today is called by his spirit, by his spirit. Would you say that phrase with me, everybody? By his spirit. Say it one more time by his spirit. And it's based off of our what will be our theme verse for this year. Zechariah chapter four, verse six. You see it on the wall to my right. my dad, uh, uh, for those of you that didn't know my dad, my dad, Pastor Bob, who founded the church with my mom, he unexpectedly graduated to heaven on Saturday, February 20th, 2021. Uh, so that's almost three years ago now. And, and I felt like that, the rest of that year for, for myself and for our church, I felt like was a year of survival. 2022, I felt was a year of stability. 2023, last year, um, I declared it was going to be a year of strength, and it absolutely was. Nehemiah 8.10, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And Jenny and I really feel that what God has put on our heart for this year is this theme, spirit, by his spirit. And so I want to explain this morning what that means for your own life and, and what it means for our church. If you have your Bible, open with me to Zechariah chapter four. Zechariah chapter four, that's towards the end of the Old Testament. It might take you a while to find it because it's kind of a small book, but As you're turning there, let me give you some background and and historical context uh, because I think it'll help you understand and embrace the full implications and application for our lives and for our church this morning. In about 536 BC, 536 years before Jesus was born, a man named Zerubbabel led the, the Jews, the Jewish exiles, out of Babylon and back to their homeland in Jerusalem. Zerubbabel. Aren't you glad that your mama didn't name you Zerubbabel? <laughs> I bet his nickname was Bubba, all right? <laughs> That's what I would have called him. About 50,000 Jews came back with Zerubbabel, the leader, to Jerusalem, and, and after they had established their own homes and where they were gonna live, the very first project that they, that they undertook together as a community was to rebuild the temple of God. The first temple that King Solomon had built was unbelievable. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But it had been absolutely and completely destroyed about 70 years prior to this when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came in and, and uh, decimated the Jews in Jerusalem. They just absolutely tore everything to the ground. And the temple, of course, was critical to the Jews because that was their place of worship. That was their place of praise. That was where the presence of God would would dwell. And so they began to rebuild the temple from the rubble, from the ruins. They laid the foundation. They had made some progress, but they had not completed it. And there was a lot of work to be done because they just became discouraged. They were discouraged. They were exhausted, they they felt defeated. They were being mocked by their enemies that surrounded them. They were facing an intense uh, spiritual attack and and they were basically facing what seemed both in the natural and the supernatural, an an impossible situation. And so the temple came to a standstill and the work stopped completely. Zerubbabel, the leader, the governor of the Jews of, of Judah, he was also discouraged, he was also defeated and he also wanted to quit. You don't need to raise your hand, but how many of you might feel like that today? You, you can understand. Maybe some aspect of your life, you feel defeated. You feel discouraged. You feel like you're just ready to, to give up and quit something in your life. I pray that before you leave church this morning, I pray that the Spirit of God ignites something new and fresh in your heart. So God sends a prophet named Zechariah Zachariah, to speak and to prophesy to Zerubbabel, And he actually gives Zechariah a vision to share with Zerubbabel, and this is where we pick it up. As we read this, I want you to put yourself in the place of Zerubbabel, that this is the word of the Lord for you because I believe that it is. Would you stand to your feet with me, everybody? Zechariah chapter four, let's pray. Father, thank you for the power and the truth and the authority of your word. And I pray, Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let faith explode in our hearts today to hear this word, receive it, and live it. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. So he, which is actually the angel who is giving this vision. So he answered and said to me, Zechariah, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Men and women, this is the word of the Lord to the Kosh church today. And let's read this next phrase out loud together. Read it strong. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Let's also read verse seven out loud together. Ready, go. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Before you're seated, look at the person next to you and say, I love Jesus, but I'm looking forward to this fast being over. Come on, just tell somebody. <clears throat> we wanted to get this verse into your heart, into your memory, so we put it up on the wall, but we also gave you these cool little magnets. I think they're on your chairs, and so you can grab these and take them home, put it on up on your fridge, and. And then when you go to grab a taco, you'll be reminded, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Or maybe if you're dieting or fasting, you might see the verse and then <clears throat> realize, okay, I need the Lord to help me have some self-control. I don't know, but Zechariah 4:6 was also one of my dad's favorite Bible verses. In one of, one of my dad's trips to Israel, he bought a ring and in Hebrew, that, this phrase was inscribed, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. The funny thing I was thinking about, my dad didn't read Hebrew, so who knows what it said. It could have said Gentiles pay retail. He wouldn't have known. <laughs> what does by his spirit mean for you and for us, the Cost Church in 2024? That's what I wanna answer this morning. I'm gonna give you three points, three truths from this passage. Number one is this. Human effort alone is not enough to fulfill the plan and vision God has for our lives and for our church. It will, it will be accomplished only by his spirit. The Jews had a, had a plan, they had a vision to rebuild the temple, but it was not gonna happen by human might. That word in Hebrew means force or wealth or even military strength. It was not gonna happen by human power, which means capacity or even physical, mental or spiritual ability. It was gonna happen, it was gonna be done by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit. God has a specific and unique and tailor-made plan and vision for all of our lives. And I'm not gonna take time to teach on this this morning, but the only way that you can discover that is by walking in relationship with him, by praying, by seeking him, by listening to his voice, by reading the word of God, seeking wise counsel, and taking steps of faith. But God has a general plan for all believers. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's a good plan. God also has a general vision for all believers. Philippians chapter three, Paul writes, this is a message paraphrase. I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I've got my eye eye on Jesus, Paul says. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision, and you'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. In other words, God's vision for all believers is that we would know Jesus, that we would become like Jesus, and that we would receive everything that Jesus has for us. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's a good vision, isn't it? Vision is a picture of your future that provides direction and motivation and passion. It's one of the reasons why it's important to have a vision for your life, because it'll help you get out of bed when things ain't going so well. And just like eyesight, our physical vision, it, it helps you to see what is in front of you. Spiritual vision helps you to see what is in front of you and where you're going. If you've ever played sports and you've had a good coach before, you understand vision because a good coach provides vision, motivation, direction, passion. Come on, Dodger fans. Dave Roberts' job is to say he's not telling the guys, hey, guys, in 2024, we're going to win the NL West again for the 10th year in a row. That's not the vision the Dodgers have. That's not why they paid Shohei Ohtani $700 million. He did not come to win the NL West. He came to win it all. I speak and declare the Dodgers are going to win the World Series in 2024. By the way, don't don't take that to the bank because I said that about the Rams last week, and they lost by one. So I'm not a... In the Old Testament, they would stone you for being wrong, all right? So, or maybe you watch HGTV, and you watch the home renovation shows, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Fixer Upper. But what do they do? They give a vision of what the house is going to look like when they're all done. The vision. Helen Keller said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. God's plan and vision for your life and for our church will not be accomplished. Listen to me. It will not be accomplished by your own wisdom, by your own intellect, by your own education, by your own experience, by how many letters you have at the end of your name, by how good-looking you are or you think you are, by your personality, your charming personality, or your relational networks and connections, men and women, if it's a God vision and plan for your life, it will only be accomplished by His Spirit. All Now, you gotta partner with God, but all of our human effort by ourselves falls, falls short, if God's in it, by His Spirit. Maybe you're in your job right now. You're just, you know, you're doing all right. You're, but you're relying on your own skill and your own intellect. And I don't care what you do, but I believe God's plan and vision is that by his spirit, that he would speak to you. He would give you ideas. He he would give you creativity. Some of you are in roles where you can earn your company or yourself thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars by his spirit. That can happen this year. You can be, you can and should be the best employee with the favor of God on your life by his spirit. Maybe, maybe in your marriage right now, you've come to the conclusion, man, I'm just ready to give up. I'm just going to try to tough it out. Stay married till my kids get out of the house. That's God. That's not God's plan and vision for you. God's plan and vision is that by his spirit, your marriage would be blessed. Your marriage would be prosperous. You would have a strong marriage. You would have a healthy marriage that would first and foremost be an example to your children, but also to other people as well. Maybe you're, you're raising teenagers right now and they're they're getting all kinds of nonsense, and you don't know what else to do. God's plan and vision is that by his spirit, he would speak to you. He would download heaven and give you wisdom and discernment and tell you where they're going and who they're running around with so that you can intervene and intercede and stop that, that he would give you a supernatural peace and love for your children to make connection with them that they would know the Lord and walk strong with him. Maybe in your finances, you're facing what seems to be insurmountable debt. You think, man, there's no way out of this. God's plan and vision is that by his spirit, he would give you wisdom. You would start making the right decisions. You would start tithing and putting them first, and he would start to pour out the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you. Maybe you just feel stuck in life, trapped in addiction or struggling with temptation and sin or bound by anxiety, fear, depression, overwhelmed by grief or pain or sadness because of loss, and you've done all that you can and you still feel hopeless and helpless, God's plan and vision is that by his spirit, he would break every chain of bondage and set you free and that you would walk in peace, you would walk in joy and you would walk in freedom. And in our church, more than ever before, I know that in order to fulfill the plan and vision that God has given us, it ain't gonna happen by our own Might or by our own power, only by the Spirit of God. The vision of our, the vision statement of our church, I should say, I think they'll put it on the screen. It's in your notes. Would you all say it with me? Ready, go. Real people, completely in love with God, unconditionally loving people, passionately serving Him, and fully committed to bringing others to Jesus. Notice we start with real people, not perfect people, not religious people, real people. That means we all got real problems. Come on, somebody. Our church is a, is a healthy spiritual family. We're not a perfect church. There are no perfect churches. If you find one, don't join it, you'll ruin it. We're, but we're a healthy church, okay? And if you're looking for a church family, we'd love for you to be part of ours. No matter what your biological family of origin was like, and a lot of us come from brokenness and dysfunction, this is a healthy church family. And you can, you can have good examples. You can, you can have good men and women that will teach you how to be good moms, good dads, good grandparents. You know, how to love each other. God God loves you. We love you. And and our church is life-giving, encouraging. You'll find friendships here, people that will pray for you that we're gonna help you follow Jesus completely in love with God. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and great commandment. Unconditionally loving people. The, the true mark of a Jesus follower isn't, you know, quote how much Bible verses you've memorized or how big your Bible is or how often you go to church or how involved you are, or what your title in the church is. It's how much you love other people. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if, if you have love for one another and passionately serve in him. This church is amazing. My, my mom and my dad have modeled this since day one more than anybody else. So many amazing team members, volunteers, hundreds of them uh, every weekend, throughout the week, serving, volunteering. And we're so, so thankful for you. But some of y'all have been coming to church for a while. You've been receiving, which is great, but it is time for you to get out of the the stands and to step into the game, From to move from being a fan to a player. Come on, uh, to... to, to from a consumer to a contributor, because God has given you passions, he's given you gifts, he's given you abilities that you need to use to build the kingdom of God here at the Cosh Church. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another in love. And we're fully committed to bringing others to Jesus. In fact, our prayer focus in prayer and fasting today is praying for the lost, for our city, for our friends, for our family who don't know the Lord. One thing that, that we can do here on earth that we cannot do in heaven, is tell other people about Jesus. And all of us have people in our life and God wants to use you to reach them. 1 Timothy 2.4 says God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why at our church, we will do everything possible as long as it's not illegal or immoral to reach as many people as possible for Christ. Why do you think we have fish food? Why do you think we have in and out multiple times a year? Because if a double-double brings somebody to church and they can hear the gospel, they can eat as many double-doubles as they want. It's, It's just fish bait, everybody. It's just to get us here, to get them in the presence of God, in the house of God. Our Bible reading today is Luke 15, Jesus tells several stories about the lost being saved, and he says this in Luke 15, 10, count on it, that's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Hey, let's give heaven a reason to party, everybody. We want hell empty and heaven full. Number two is this, there's no obstacle or opposition that we will face in our lives or in our church that cannot be overcome by his spirit. There's no obstacle, there's no opposition that cannot be overcome. Zechariah 4, 7, who are you? Listen, he's literally speaking to this mountain prophetically. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Zerubbabel and the Jews were facing a physical, an actual physical mountain of rubble as well as spiritual opposition. I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. What opposition or what obstacles are you facing in your life right now where you need God to show up? And if you can't think of one, by the way, you ought to praise and thank God (laughs) because I can think of several in my life. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's a health challenge in your body. Maybe it's problems in your marriage, you're on the verge of divorce, or mental illness, or a bad habit or addiction that you can't seem to, to break free from. Maybe it's a, a broken relationship with a, with a loved one, or unforgiveness because of past pain, or maybe it's just the lies of the, of the devil, and you have a hard, hard time believing that God actually loves you, and that you're actually a child of God. God's word for you, men and women, is the same word that he gave to Zerubbabel. By his spirit, this mountain will be leveled. You will overcome every challenge and obstacle and all opposition from the enemy. Jesus says in Luke 18, 27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And he says in Matthew 17, "For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, notice he says you will say, there's a declaration of faith, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Listen to me. No matter what you're facing in your life, put your faith in God. No matter what you're facing in your life, men and women, he can make a way by his spirit. There's no sickness he can't heal. There's no marriage he can't resurrect. There's no relationship he can't restore. There's no broken heart he can't mend. There's no addiction that he can't break. There's no sin he can't forgive. There's no person he can't reach. There's no life he can't transform. (laughs) Ephesians 3.20 says God can do anything, you know. Somewhat, this is my, probably my favorite verse, but this is the message paraphrase. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your own wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit, deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah and Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all, the, all millennia. Oh yes, <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew 18, or excuse me, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. There's no obstacle, there's no opposition that will ever stop what Jesus is doing in and through the Cost church. And I do say that prophetically in all seriousness. Over the past 19 years, if you've been around, some of you that are been involved in the church, you've seen obstacles, you've seen challenges And by the grace of God, by his spirit, we've overcome every single one of them. And I believe, I believe we're going from glory to glory. I believe we're going from strength to strength. I believe the best is yet to come. During the 8 a.m. service, I wasn't sure I was gonna say this, but during the 8 a.m. service, Pastor Chris was up here leading a ministry time, did a brilliant job, and and we went back into a song. And I I, I feel this is from the Lord, because this is not how normally things happen in my life. I felt like I had a vision of my dad up here, actually. And sorry, I, don't, I got emotional at eight compose myself. I had a vision of my dad. If any of you remember my dad, my dad, when he would get super excited in praise and worship, he had kind of this old white man's dance that he would do. And it was like, he'd put his hands like down in a fist like this, and he'd jump up and down like this. And then he'd do some sort of like Swedish kick or something, I don't know, every now and then. I was like, I don't know where he got it from. I had a picture of my dad dancing up here. And uh, I think he's so proud, so so, excuse me, sorry, I'll get, I'll get it together, so happy about what God's doing in and through our church. Bible says in Hebrews 12, since, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's every hero of the faith, that's all the saints that have gone before. I don't know how this works in heaven, but I think God gives us pictures of that sometime, gives people in heaven a, an idea, a glimpse of what's going on down here on earth. And um, listen, I, I wrote this two years ago on Vision Sunday, what I'm gonna share with you right now, I called it The Church I See. Let me share it with you, it's in your notes, it'll be on the screen, but let me just read it. The church I see is centered on Jesus, completely sold out for him and consumed with living for the cause of Christ, regardless of the cost. The church I see learns, loves, and lives the word of God, boldly preaching and refusing to compromise its unchanging truth over the ever-changing lies of culture. The church I see is life-giving, demonstrating God's unconditional love, receiving his overwhelming grace, expressing his contagious joy, fun, and laughter, experiencing his supernatural peace, offering his eternal hope, and enjoying his awesome presence. The church I see is beautifully diverse, intergenerational, and multi-ethnic, modeling to the world real love, community, and unity. The church I see builds Jesus-centered families and marriages that pass on blessings to future generations. We are raising up children and teenagers who will be men and women after God's own heart and serve God's purposes in their own generation. The church I see is empowered by the Holy Spirit, supernaturally gifted to minister to others, and filled with great faith to believe for healing signs, wonders, and miracles. The church I see moves beyond our walls to relentlessly reach as many lost people as possible and bring them to a saving relationship with Jesus who heals their hurts, frees their bondages, and radically transforms their lives. The church I see is strong, healthy, and growing in every way, making disciples, generously serving and blessing our city, sharing the good news in our world, and expanding to reach thousands of people throughout Southern California and beyond. The church I see is unstoppable. We will never shut down. We will never back down, we'll never quit. We'll move forward and press on to fulfill the vision God has given us for his glory. We are this church, we are the cause church, and we have faith that all of this and more will be accomplished, not by our own might, not by our own power, but by his spirit. Somebody say amen. By the way, does that sound like me? It should, because I wrote it, all right, y'all. I didn't steal it from the internet, from somebody else. It's the church I see. <laughs> Number three is this last point. God will complete his plan and vision for our lives and for our church as we declare and act on his grace, which is the operational power of God. And we do that by his spirit. Zechariah 4:7 Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone. That's the final stone in the building with shouts of grace, grace to it. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. In the Old Testament, the temple was an actual physical building where the presence of God would dwell. Men and women in the New Testament, you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit where the presence of God dwells because Jesus made a way. After his death, resurrection, and ascension, he made a way. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The moment that you surrender your life to Christ, you receive salvation, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit by God's grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verses eight and nine, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. When we think about grace, probably most of us think about this, we think about saving grace. You might think about the song Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And it is absolutely that. Grace is God's unmerited favor towards you. That means you don't earn it, you can't earn it, and you don't deserve it. It is his undeserved blessing in your life. It begins with salvation, but grace continues for the rest of our life because you need to catch this. Grace is also the operational power of God by his spirit. I want to say that again. Grace is the operational power of God by his spirit. It is God's ongoing power to live abundantly. Let me me say it like this. God has a blueprint for your life. Quote the Lego movie, God is the master builder, okay? He has a blueprint. He has a plan and a vision for your life. And when you come to Christ, Jesus becomes the foundation. He becomes the cornerstone. And God begins to build your life. You, you are God's temple. He begins to build you into the temple of God. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And by his grace, his power working in you and through you, he is building you brick by brick, piece by piece, changing you and transforming you and making you more like Jesus. This is what the message says, Ephesians two. Now, now God's using you, he's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. When Jesus comes into your life, men and women, he does not come just to rearrange the furniture. He does not come into your life just to put a a painting of himself on the wall. He comes to do an absolute total extreme home makeover. He comes to make you a brand new creation, the Bible says. And so he begins to remove the rubble. He begins to get all the trash, all the junk from your past out of you. He begins to take out things that are less than his best for your life. And his grace begins to change how you think. His grace begins to change how you speak. His grace begins to change how you act. His grace begins to change how you live. His grace is transforming your heart. He is developing the fruit of the Spirit in you, the character of Jesus, so you become more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more kind, more gentle, having more faithfulness, self-control, and I think I missed one of them, but you get the point. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. He is making you, by his grace, a more loving spouse so that you don't respond the same way that you used to respond last year. He's making you a more patient, a more patient parent of teenagers. Somebody say amen in faith. Me too, amen. <laughs> He's making you a more self-controlled driver when you come home on the freeway after a long day of traffic. He's changing you just by a show of hands, anybody ever done a renovation project on your house, just raise your hand, all right? We all feel the same pain, right? It always takes longer and costs more money than you originally planned. Uh, It'll take a month, yeah, right, three months into it, your house is a mess, it's a disaster, it's halfway done, you're defeated, you're discouraged. Listen, there might be some parts of your life uh, that are messy right now, there might be some rooms that are unfinished, but God ain't done with you yet. He he is not finished with you. Come on, you're a work in progress. He's not done. Look at the person next to you and say, relax, God ain't done with me yet. I'm a work in progress. Tell your spouse that, so they'll give you some grace, all right? I'm a work in progress. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, Jesus has begun a good work in you. He will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means until you die or Jesus comes back again. He's working on you. God's laid the foundation of your life. He's building you into the image of Jesus and his hands will finish what he started. Our church is full of people with amazing stories about what the Lord has done in their lives and how God's grace has saved them, how his his grace, his power has transformed them. And so here's here's a story from Abby, one of our friends. You'll enjoy this and be encouraged.
2: So I grew up in a very loving and Christian household. You know, I had a really I had a really nice childhood. I was very fortunate. And then um, my entire life changed at the age of 15. After a night of drinking at my best friend's house, I was sexually assaulted. Everything that I had grown up believing in up until that point was all gone in a blink of an eye. I just entered a real dark place, a real lonely place. So I fell into drugs and alcohol. That was my way of coping. By the time I was a senior in high school, I was a full-blown addict. I was um, daily using alcohol, weed, and med. I ended up leaving home at 17. When I was 21, I had a baby. And I was trying to be sober for her. And um, when she was six months old, I ended up relapsing, and I was just back in full throttle, you know. So, um, I left my baby with my dad and I went out to go drink and use. I struggled like that for a long time by myself. And uh, you know, by the grace of God, I found myself in 2018 living in Brea, trying to get right, you know. Um, I was married at this point with a good guy I was in love and um, you know I had my daughter on the weekends and life was okay and that place was only something that God could have given me and I felt that I was gonna mess it up again because my addiction is right there and I'm looking around at everything that I have and I'm like I don't want to lose this I was unwilling to go back to what I had just been spared from you know and um, at that moment it was the first time that i ever like recall crying out to god like god help me because i knew if something didn't happen i was going to go back out on the streets and um and god came through i ended up coming to the cause church i was living two blocks over so i feel like god already knew what he wanted to do for me he was just waiting for me to call on him his hand had always been reached out towards me he was just waiting for me to take it and today um, i have a house i have my daughter back in my life i have my husband i have my church family i have community i help other women Um, i'm a part of cr ministry i do ems here i'm also a nurse today and um, he's built my life up from the ground up, you know where I had burned it all down to the ground. God was like, "That's okay. I'm going to help you, and I'm going to build you up on something stronger that's unshakable and it's unbreakable. And nothing, when the winds and the storm comes, it's not going to break it down, you know. And that's 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 where my life is today.
1: Wow. Over the past uh, 19 years, there, there's this is not an exaggeration. There's thousands of stories like Abby's. Everything good that's happened in our church the last 19 years, everything good that will ever happen in the future is because of God's grace. And we honor, we honor our past. In fact, I want to take a moment just honor my mom, Pastor Sherry. Would you take a moment just honor her, appreciate her, thank her for? <clears throat> Love you, mom. Proud of you, mom. amen we honor our past and we look forward to the future with faith and expectation you can sit down what the Lord is going to do by his spirit God gets all the glory I want to I want to just close by sharing I'll do it quickly but uh, some strategic initiatives some goals some uh, ministry expressions that God has put in our hearts for 2024 that we're going to work hard on but they will only be accomplished by his grace I put. I just called it 10 Ways the Cause Church Will Declare and Act on God's Grace in 2024. Number one, prioritizing personal and corporate spiritual health and growth. Uh, in our connect groups, in our small groups that we're launching in a few weeks, we're, we're just reading the Bible together, our grow journal reading, because I want you if, you, if you come to the church here and you know the Lord, you need to be in the word, we need to be people of the word. Uh, on our worship and prayer night starting this Wednesday night, I think every month now, we're gonna have a time of praying for the baptism and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've been doing 6 a.m. prayer during prayer and fasting. Jenny actually suggested this. We're actually gonna continue that after this week, once a week at 6 a.m. on Tuesdays to continue to pray because we need to pray more. The first Wednesday of every month, you might not clap for this, first Wednesday of every month is gonna be a day of prayer and fasting, all right, as we (laughs) seek first God's kingdom. Number two is strengthening our discipleship pathway. Brett and some of our, our staff are currently finalizing a strategy that will provide opportunities for everybody. Whether you're a brand new Christian or you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, that's gonna teach you how to read, study, apply God's word and deepen your relationship with Christ. Number three, releasing more leaders. We're gonna see God release more leaders in existing and new ministries this year. I believe we need to raise up and release and empower at least 100 new leaders in existing and uh, ministries and starting new ministries. We'll do that through Lead 101. Number four is reaching and raising up the next generation children, youth, and young adults. Do you realize that in the universal capital C church and in every local church, the church is always only one generation away from extinction? And unfortunately, we've seen that happen in, in, in some churches where churches begin to die. I, I prophesy and I declare, by the grace of God, that's not happening on my watch. We are gonna raise up the next generation. We're gonna invest the necessary resources, continue to do that to reach lost families, to reach lost kids, to reach, reach lost teenagers, young adults who don't know the Lord. We will shepherd them, we will disciple them to grow strong in Christ. And listen, we need dozens of people, dozens, not just a few, a handful. We need dozens of people, in this church that say, God is speaking to me and I'm going to go serve in children's ministry. I'm going to go serve in youth ministry. We need dozens in order to reach hundreds. Number five, we're going to launch a new marketplace ministry. We're going to start a ministry that will bless and add value to business people, to executives, to entrepreneurs. It'll be a great ministry. Number six, we are going to develop a new Spanish speaking ministry. We currently have, I believe that, that a major part of our church's growth in the future is in our Spanish-speaking community. Uh, we, we right now, in, that, in fact, in that room up there, in that little room, there's somebody up there translating Spanish right now. We have a Spanish translation team at 10 o'clock and noon. And they tell me regularly, Pastor, you speak way too fast. <laughs> Disculpame por la urgencia. Están haciendo un buen trabajo. Yo sé que Dios quiere alcanzar la comunidad latina en nuestra ciudad y las ciudades. Alrededor le llame a las hombres y mujeres que tienen el deseo de servir en este ministerio que están creyendo en Dios para grandes cosas. If you all don't know what I just said, ask, find a Spanish speaker and ask them. Number seven, increasing our local service and outreach in Debray and North Orange County. We have tremendous goodwill and favor with the city. Some of that is because of my dad, other great men of God in our city, great women of God, but we're gonna continue to find ways to love and serve and bless our city and the surrounding cities in North Orange County, building relationships with people who don't, don't have a home church, don't know the Lord. Number eight, clarifying a strategic international missions focus. I really feel compelled we need we're doing some things pastor cindy leading teams to malawi africa uh, ethan namkin leading teams down to mexico but we need to do more things as, as a church globally to partner with what jesus is doing all around the world there are still unreached people groups in our world jesus will not come back he says until the gospel is preached to every tribe nation and tongue and we need to do more of that we need to look further outside of our church walls and believe god for great things we've already planted we're planting one church starting next week in a strange foreign land called Texas (laughs) if you ever been to Texas you know what I'm talking about all right Uh, just in Prosper Texas my brother Pastor Josh's church is launching next Sunday uh, the 20th pray for Josh pray for Elizabeth number nine bringing more unsaved people to Jesus than we ever have last year for the first time in our history we had over 1,000 decisions for Christ 1,119 this year our faith goal is to see 1,500 You think, Pastor, how's that gonna happen? I don't know, it's gonna happen by his spirit. And then number 10, growing larger as a healthy church filled with the love, presence, and power of Jesus. Men and women, healthy things grow. And we're not a perfect church, but we're a healthy church. Last year, our average uh, worship attendance was ju- just shy of 1,500. This year, we're asking to believe in God that we would grow to 2,500, that we would grow in, in our average weekend attendance. We might need a bigger facility. I have people coming up to me regularly, independently of each other. Pastor, I think we're gonna outgrow this facility. Look around right now at 10 o'clock. It's, it's packed in here. Listen, the only way that any of these plans and vision can be accomplished, men and women, as a church, is if we declare an act on his grace by his spirit. My dad said, grace is a power beyond what we could generate and goodness beyond what we deserve. The fullness of grace's power is unleashed when you respond to God's words and choose his ways. God's ways are always better. Are wise words from a wise man. Would you stand your feet with me, everybody? I want to close with, with this. Uh, we're not done yet, so please don't leave, but we're going to bring this, the message to a conclusion. The word of the Lord through Zechariah to Zerubbabel to the Kosh church, to you and I today. Stand before the mountain. Stand before the obstacle, the opposition that is facing you. Stand before what seems impossible and declare in faith with a bold shout, not a weak one, not a childish one, with a bold shout of faith. Grace, grace to it. And watch, watch, watch the operational power of God begin to move into that situation, begin to move into that circumstance, begin to change what you cannot change in the natural. In 2024, as the power of God begins to move in you and through you, the Spirit of God, because your own might is not enough. Your own power is not enough to complete the plans and the vision of this work. By His Spirit, He will strengthen you. He will strengthen your hands. Some of you need strength to finish what God has started. He will, by His Spirit, He will move mountains. By His Spirit, He will do the impossible. I want you to close your eyes in this place, and I want you just with your imagination and your mind to just picture whatever obstacle or opposition you're facing right now, whatever seems impossible to overcome in your life. It could be anything finances, health, relationships, family, a prodigal child or or family member, somebody who doesn't know the Lord. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. Maybe you feel defeated. Maybe you feel discouraged. Maybe you feel depressed. Maybe you feel ready to give up. Maybe it's just in in your own mind battling depression. I'm going to pray right now, and at the end of my prayer, I'm going to lead us in shouting grace, grace to it. Think, why why are we going to shout this? Because we're acting in faith on the Word of God. And when you speak the word of god in faith it's powerful something in the invisible realm we can't see it with our natural eyes but something in the invisible realm something in the supernatural realm begins to take place would you lift up your hands as a sign of surrender let me pray father We come, Lord, independently but corporately together. We lift up every obstacle, we lift up every opposition, we lift up every situation that seems impossible. Lord, you know what it is. God, give us wisdom if there's anything that we have not done that we need to do to make the right decisions. Father, strengthen our hands to complete the work. Lord, whatever things we need to do, if we feel discouraged, we feel tired, by the power of the Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Father, give us courage. Lord, we recognize and we declare it is not by our own might, it is not by our own power, but it is by your Spirit. And we stand in faith on the unchangeable, unshakable, powerful, eternal promise of the Word of God. And we shout boldly this morning, grace, grace to it. Say it again, church, grace, grace to it. Say it again, grace, grace to it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's. Let's pray for our church right now. Lord, we commit our plans. We commit our vision to you. And we declare the words of Jesus in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never prevail. God, we declare we have a hunger and a passion and a desire to know more of you than ever before, to seek first your kingdom of the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Lord, we're asking for new leaders. We're asking for new ministries. We're asking for expansion. We're asking for growth. God, we're asking for more unsaved, unchurched people to be reached through us than ever before. God, we ask that we would continue to be a healthy and strong church, that the kingdom of God would be expanded. God, we ask that this place, our church would be filled with the presence and the power and the love of Jesus. And we recognize, Lord, this will only be accomplished not by our own might, not by our own power, but by your spirit. And we shout boldly together this morning, grace, grace to it. Shout it again, grace grace to it one more time grace grace to it in jesus name amen come on let's worship the lord together let's lift up his name lift up your hearts lift up your hands lift up praise lift up praise in this place. Jesus, Jesus, we bless you. We honor you. You are the king of all kings. Mighty God, you are the miracle worker. Put your hands out in front of you and just relax in the presence of God. Lord, we need you. 24, several of you in here verge of divorce it's going to be cancelled everything's going to turn around in your marriage people battling sickness cancer the Lord's going to touch your body and heal you prodigal children relatives come home surrender their lives to Christ come back to the house of God Lord, by your spirit, thank you, Lord. Lord, we just welcome you here. We rest in your presence. Spirit of God makes the difference in our lives. here today and you're not in relationship with God you're watching online you're not in relationship with God I'm not asking if you know about God I'm asking do you know him personally God created you for relationship with him He has a plan and a vision for your life and it starts in relationship with him And the only way you can have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ Jesus said John 3:16. for God so loved you he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life Jesus came to give you abundant life he came to give you eternal life he lived for you he died for you on the cross he shed his blood to bring you into relationship with God cleanse you of your sins forgive you make you a new person fill you with the Holy Spirit he rose from the dead he defeated death for you He defeated sin, he defeated the powers of hell, but you have to receive him. I just read the verse. By grace you have been saved through faith. It's God's grace, but it's your faith, putting your trust in him. And it says it is a gift of God, meaning you have to receive it. You have to receive, you don't earn a gift, you don't work for it, you receive it. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision. It's a personal decision but you're ready to make that decision today. I want to give you an opportunity right now, or maybe you are a prodigal. You've been running away from the Lord, but today you know that God is calling you back home. He loves you so much. My dad used to say that God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves you, men and women. He's waiting to give you his best, but you have to come back to him this morning. If that's you, say, John, that's me. Today's the day of salvation. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand in a moment and look at me. Today's the day, you're the person. If you'll make the choice, God will make the change in your life. That's you on the count of three. Lift up your hand and look at me. One, two, three. Raise your hand, raise it high, raise it high, raise it high. Wave at me too, look at me. I see a hand over there, praise the Lord. Anybody else over here, i just start to see a hand over there in the back, another hand, praise God. Praise God, I see you, I know you, awesome. Anybody else here this morning? Wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. I don't wanna miss anybody. Anybody else? Somebody way in the back, over there, way in the back. Yeah, praise God. If you think I missed you, just wave at me one more time. I think there's like four hands that I saw. Amen. Yep, I see you over there. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God. You can open up your eyes, everybody. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want to lead us. I think it's like four or five hands that were just raised. In fact, could we take a moment and celebrate that this morning right now at church? When just one sinner repents, heaven throws a party. What happens would five do? I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. It's a short prayer, but if you mean it, if you say it in faith, everything changes in your life. Let's pray this prayer out loud in support of our friends this morning. Pray at Strong Church, God thank you for loving me. I know that I'm a sinner. Right now I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I know you rose from the dead. Jesus be my Lord. Be my savior. Come into my life. Make me a new person change me heal me set me free fill me with your holy spirit help me live for you all the days of my life and I declare that heaven is my home in Jesus name amen amen can we celebrate that one more time church amen amen
3: great word babe proud of you wow
4: (laughs) Oh, Oh, they turned his
3: mic off, that's a good thing. (laughs) Well, happy 19 year anniversary, um, Cause Church. The Lord put a verse on my heart for you this morning and I'm actually gonna preach on this um, next weekend. John and his mom and Shannon and the whole family are ditching me to go to Texas to be with Pastor Josh. Um, So someone's gotta hold down the fort here and make sure things, you know, keep moving. Anyways, the verse is Ephesians um, chapter 2, verses 19 to 22, and it says in the message version, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He is using all of us. All of us? all of us, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple, that's you, built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. So welcome home, church. We're so happy to have you here. If my prayer partners could come forward today, if you need prayer for anything, or if you were one of the people that raised your hand to give your life to the Lord, we would love to pray with you, get a Bible in your hands and connect with you. Um, If it's your first time here, we have a gift for you out at our Connection Center. We would love to meet you and get you connected and answer any questions that you might have. Ladies, women's Bible study um, is this Thursday and please be praying for pastors Josh and Elizabeth next week as they launch the Cause Church in Prosper, Texas. And I'd actually like to ask Pastor Sherry to come up and close us in prayer. Why don't you
0: give a hand to Pastor Sherry? Oh, thank you. What a, what a privilege to serve you. We love you dearly. So, so proud of this church. There's no more loving gracious generous people anywhere lord i speak a blessing over everyone here in the name of jesus i pray that we'll walk with your footsteps of peace god that where we go will be a beacon of hope to those around us lord let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight but let us speak life and love and encouragement and uplift those around us Father, I pray that we'll make wise decisions. I stand against any lies from the enemy that are playing in our brain. Transform our hearts and our minds. God, we want more of you and not our flesh. I thank you, Lord, that where we go, we will bring encouragement to those around us. I speak peace and even laughter, God. Laughter in the homes. And I sense today there's a couple of people here that could barely walk in the door. They're carrying such a heaviness. I speak against that and say in the name of Jesus, let that be lifted off as they focus on who you are and not what's happening in their lives. So I thank you, God, that through us, Southern California is going to be saved. And all my precious friends said, amen. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.